Welcome, everyone, to Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type and then report back the results to each other and you find listeners. My name is Mike Went, And I'm Aaron Spears. This episode's challenge was is Sundance Lab Alumni, which, uh, as Mike pointed out in our last episode, Sundance hits the big 4-0 uh, this year. And the labs themselves kicked off in 81. So I'm not doing the math on that real quick, but, you know, pr pretty, pretty, uh, pretty early on. Absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, always one of those weeks where I am kind of insanely jealous of um, the many journalists and filmmaker types who are descend upon uh, the Sundance Film Festival. So yeah. living vicariously through various people's letterboxed uh, account, uh -huh. you know, IndieWire seems to like spit out reviews like hourly like it's crazy seconds. yes <laughs> yeah um you know it seems like uh, this year it seems like so far it's like a pretty good year mm -hmm. uh you know it seems you know there hasn't like been like super huge well actually they just announced a couple of big sales uh, like jesse eisenberg he he had a film last year that i wasn't super crazy about but i heard this it's pretty good with uh uh, with uh, one of the Culkin brothers. Uh, why can't I think of his name? The the one who's on Succession. Kieran? Yeah, Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin, okay. And then Netflix just bought something or for like $17 million, um, a, a horror film. I, I just read Oh, that. nice. Um, as, you know, just before we recorded. Also, I got to mention, we saw each other in the wild last night. True. Uh, <laughs> as in this recording at the, the Found Footage Festival um if for any of our listeners if you if you see the found footage festival is coming to your town i highly suggest it uh it, oh yeah it was hilarious absolutely and uh and it, it just so happened that like uh my friend had an empty seat next to you which i thought was yeah no that it, it blew my mind um because <laughs> <laughs> i was like i said hi to you and then you just said i was like wow what are, what are the what are the odds there's only yeah. so many seats sitting around here too but no, that I, I I don't remember. It wasn't recently. I don't remember the last time. Uh, but there were three different times last night. I was like cry laughing at one yes. point where I was like, I need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was a riot. It was really really I, fun. The the Doctor Schultz and not the Doctor Schultz that you're thinking of. Mm -hmm. uh, not the foot doctor, but uh, uh, a guy who specializes in bowel movement. Uh, yeah, therapy yeah. was. Uh, I think that was the highlight. <laughs> yeah it was up there uh i mean not to go too far down the the found footage rabbit hole uh yeah. but they also they do once the tour is done put out uh dvds and usually also vhs tapes of 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 that particular fest yeah uh, from touring so if it doesn't come to your area um or you're interested go go grab one of the nine other ones that are available right now um <laughs> out there it's 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 a good time get some friends over it's a good time yes but you know once yeah, again, I digress. Uh, <laughs> but still, <laughs> yeah. Was the Jesse Eisenberg one? I just read about one that's coming out shortly where he's like, uh, goes down like the incel, like right wing rabbit hole um, like through like a, a workout club or something. Oh, that one. Was that the Sundance one or something else? So the this new one, I know he played like him and Karen Culkin play brothers. Um, and I heard it's it's very like funny light um the, i think the the one that you're talking about might be the art of the okay so the one i'm talking about is called man manodrome oh yeah which came out last year 
Um, the one that's currently there is A Real Pain. That's the one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Manodrome, I happen to know quite a few people who worked on that because it, it shot in New York, but uh, a lot of New York, Ohio uh, crew members worked on it. Oh, interesting. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm hearing very good things about his, his latest because his first one came out last year. It had Julianne Moore and uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. And it, it had its moments for sure, but it, I think it was, it was, oh, that he, that he directed, you're saying. Yes. It was, oh, yeah. When you, when you finished saving the world. Yeah. It was kind of hyped to death. And I, I kind of, I, it didn't live up to the hype for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't look at the numbers, but, there's got to be, especially the the ones I picked for this one, where there are projects that came out of the Sundance Lab and became, you know, full fledged movies that were made and we yeah. get to see. That I would have to assume it's a one stop shop. Like if it gets, if it goes into production, and gets made, we'll show your movie. Also, I don't know if there's like a a down low agreement there, or if they're <laughs> yeah. like, did you ever get one out of the Sundance Lab? You get it made, and then Sundance is like, oh, we're not showing that. Yeah, it seems to be uh, just at least from the ones that are have really succeeded. You know, I mean, uh, it seems to almost be like a, a handshake kind of right. that are or back, you know, backhand. Right, right, that's what I mean. <laughs> but I'm sure there's probably you know, and I'll have to go down a rabbit hole or something. But I'm sure there's some that that did not get in, and I'm I I just knowing filmmakers and that sometimes have egos. I'm sure that that that's true. Yeah. Some of those. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't look it up. I wonder if like, um, of course, like the worst independent filmmaker ego I've ever heard of is, uh, Duffy from boondock saints. I wonder if he ever (laughs) was he ever trying to get in and they were just like, fuck no, we don't want you anywhere near the city. Get out of here. (laughs) We know what you're like on set in real life, but yes, the festival, I guess, debuting in, um, 79 according to their their wikipedia page um and then the lab starting up at 81 it is like it's real quick like it's it's um as soon as the, the festival's going on they're like okay we also need to cultivate this talent which i think is a great great idea for a festival if you um have the funds of robert redford to back you <laughs> back you up um i mean as as festivals naturally grow i, I think that's a really good way even our, our beloved local one the cleveland international film festival does a lot of artist support um, a lot of cash prizes, which I'm sure is very helpful to the the independent uh, directors and producers uh, and creators out there. The Sundance Lab, though, when I was looking at contemporary, what it's at, I think they're up to it's like ten different labs now. It seems like it it started off with directors and screenwriters, and then documentary film came into it, and now it looks like, according to their website, it's like eight, four, eight, like about ten labs now. Episodic television is is one of them. Uh, indigenous programs. There's an ignite ignite uh section that says specific um ages of filmmakers too like 18 to 24 only uh to give you know at this point honestly in my life kids <laughs> the opportunity yeah. to you know get in there and, and work on stuff which is fantastic it's like there's so many of these it's like i almost feel lazy for not ever having five <laughs> for one or something but i don't know i well, also, like it's it's one of the most well known festivals in the world. The ratio of applications to chosen oh, has got to yes. be pretty rigorous, I would assume. Yes, so. yes, <laughs> it's like much like the festival itself. I'm sure they probably uh, get like twenty thousand submissions a year. Or yeah, something. I was just gonna say we've both been on or are currently on selection committees at festivals, and like yes. the ratio of like, oh, this has got to be included to, I just got to get through this one is 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 an imbalance. Um, yes. In that, part of the process but that's that's the process so what are you going to do 
but so did you figure out a way to narrow down uh your list here for Sundance Lab alumni alums? Well, um as I um before we started recording um peel behind the curtain, I guess. Um, <laughs> I I was kind of struggling to find like a full comprehensive list of things that were uh in this. So um I kind of had to rely on certain lists that I found, but um mm -hmm. but so yeah, there's really no rhyme or reason, I guess, to my, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to this. But uh I think the the ones that I'm like gonna talk about that I, you know, I I think um mm -hmm. each of them kind of uh you know have that stamp of uh by knowing that they had the stamp of Sundance um, yeah. that really kind of like elevates and, and really, I think makes me want to see, see these things. And, you know, that's like, like I said, like during this week, it's like, I'm going through, I'm like adding all this stuff to my watch list on, on Letterboxd uh, just because oh yeah the reactions that are coming out. There's one in particular that I'm really excited about and I don't even know why, but uh, it's called like I saw the TV glow or something like that. Um, uh, it just sounds like it's pretty, pretty weird and out there. And, nice. Uh, so I'm crossing my fingers. Maybe that's a, <laughs> that's a SIF title. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> you know, as we get closer to that. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of the. Well, I guess no. It's not just in my head. I was I was pausing for a second because I was like, did I just make that up? But it's like the start <laughs> of the new calendar year. Yes, but it's also usually the time the Oscar nominations come out. So to me, it's like the kickoff for the festival circuit in any calendar year, especially an American festival circuit, is at Sundance. Yeah, absolutely. but at the same time, it's uh, I don't know. I feel that way about. Well, I guess I feel that way with World Cinema in May for the Cannes Film Festival, but yes, that's May. So I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Or it's time for the awards circuit or the uh, you know awards time. So you want to get that great premiere at Toronto uh, or something. But yeah, Sundance to me is always kind of like resetting the indie year for me uh and it just happens to be in january oh, yeah. so that's really handy as well so because you well and also usually this time of year there's a lot of genre stuff getting dumped in movie theaters so yes it's like i think we're always searching for the next good thing yeah uh, and it's no <laughs> offense to like i mean i love genre stuff i yeah certain Same january titles that that have hit me you know like with a surprise but uh but yeah. yeah especially this year i think because of the strikes it's like i'm you know i'm like damn like when it when is something good coming right <laughs> very very true <laughs> very true well should we jump in do some uh honorable mentions sure. here sure or, sure you want to kick us off yeah so uh this one is a quasi recent one but uh i think given their uh giant success last year at the oscars uh that i would mention uh the movie that was the the, the debut film of the daniels um was a sundance lab uh alumni and it's swiss army man uh with daniel radcliffe <laughs> and uh i remember hearing about this one uh you know and it was just known as like the parting corpse movie <laughs> but uh i mean it's one of those things that actually has such a there was such an imaginativeness to it mm -hmm. uh, has a lot of heart i actually i remember crying uh in the theater when i saw it and uh apparently just uh doing some research uh tarantino was was there 
was their mentor for the lab. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so like, cause I think it was a part of the screenwriters lab. And, uh, so I guess it made him cry even. So, um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Tarantino, I mean, having that seal of approval to those, to those, uh, gentlemen, I'm sure was like probably the biggest oh, yeah. endorsement that you can get. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's not like a huge plot to this movie. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, but, uh, I would just say it's, it's very creative. And if you've seen everything everywhere all at once, it's, you know, you can just see like these, these two guys are, uh, just, uh, you know, I, I, I really can't wait to see what they do next. Uh, because I just, <laughs> I mean, where they started, where they've gone yeah. now, and, uh, oh my God, like, you know, what, what the hell else is going to come out of those those two uh, gentlemen's heads. It's, it's kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. I kind of, I'm I'd be curious if they just do like a weird, like left turn and like, we're just doing a romantic comedy. That's <laughs> <Yeah. next>, like, <laughs> um, yeah. that's an interesting pick too. Cause I, I, if I remember right, they came out of um, music video world. Yes. Of doing work like that too. So like very, um, in a specific time of music videos too, you know, that's, that's like almost like short narrative, film but like they did they really like stuck to landing with all the videos of theirs i saw that were like highly visual and you're like i, I want to see how you would apply that to a feature film yeah um, and they've done like, it twice now or it's like they probably when they made their music videos they probably didn't get the big mtv boost uh they probably you know released these on uh youtube or social media so oh yeah yeah for sure but uh but yeah their music video work is is outstanding as well so uh as much as i know some people might have detested this swiss army man uh <laughs> I, I do remember you know talking to some people who absolutely hated that movie and also i mean you know everything everywhere actually despite all its love there there were definitely some detractors to that movie yeah like, i don't know i guess they just kind of they check certain boxes for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one, uh, I just uh, remember just having weird expectations and then it just succeeded everyone. So. Yeah. I was going to the art house and that one played. And I remember anybody that was seeing it in the first couple rounds of the day, I'd be like, now, do you know what it's about? Kind of thing. Cause you could just sort of tell the folks that were like, uh, you know, retiree comes in and is like, Oh, it's the one that Harry Potter's in. I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it 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 definitely had people. I think if you were able to meet it on its own terms, it was like, oh, this is really creative and interesting. But if you were just like killing time going to see a movie in the afternoon, you were like, eh, it's a little too weird for me. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's an interesting filmmaking duo as well to see like the natural progression from first film to second film. You're like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do. How about you? Uh, my first one here is from 2018. I was really excited to see this one. Uh, it's called We the Animals. Mm. Uh, it's adapted from a book that I have not read, uh, but I have on good authority that it's a very uh, interesting yet faithful adaptation of the book. And I was looking forward to it because when it came out, um, when it was released, it, so it was at Sundance, but it was in one of their... Um, uh, one of their sidebar ones, like the next award. Okay. Or no, yeah. it won the next award for like innovative storytelling. So it's, it's a category I look at every year because you'll get maybe, and I don't know if Swiss Army Man was in it, but like that would be a 
something in their next um, category. Yeah, um, because it was like really innovative ways to do narratives. I think like Beast of the Southern Wild maybe was in there. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it's usually the ones that are like taking some really big swings and some really big risks in how they're telling their story. Um, also, this one was shot on 16 millimeter, so you know, uh, I'm a sucker. Point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker for that sort of thing. Um, Jeremiah Zagler, Zagar, Z-A-G-A-R, is the uh, writer director. Here, he's also a cinematographer. He's also an editor. He's done um, a lot of documentary short work uh, before he did We the Animals. Ostensibly, it's the story of three different brothers, Manny, Joel, and Jonah. But it really focuses in on on Jonah, the youngest one, as he sort of embraces this imaginary world that he creates on paper with some of his sketches and drawings. He and his uh, three brothers, they're super poor. Um, they're like terribly poor. And his mom and dad have a very volatile relationship so if it's one of if you're one of those folks that like they don't like seeing not that the kids are necessarily like in danger danger but like they don't have um enough to eat a lot of the time so like they yeah. go and steal chips and food or whatever you know the stuff kids would steal like i'm hungry like let's go steal twizzlers and, and chips you're like <laughs> okay but um so th there is you know kids in situations that like you know ideally kids shouldn't have to deal with but you know they get through it and it is an emotionally draining, like it's one of those uh, emotional ringer kind of movies, but I think very satisfying. And by the end, like, I don't know, there's like hope to it in a yeah. way, even though it's like kind of put you through the ringers. But there's also um, some like kind of overlaid animated sequence uh, touches to it. And it's all shot very handheld, very kind of verite style. But I think knowing his um, knowing Zagger's background of being like doing documentary work, I think it has that kind of aesthetic, which gives the story the immediacy it needs. Um, yeah to it as well but i think i i have heard of this one i did it play at uh the cleveland film festival i don't remember if i played at the festival but it definitely um we played it for like a week maybe at the art house i was at the box office okay. grosses for it are uh four hundred thousand dollars so oh wow not uh not yeah. much not dang <laughs> on the other end of it though too one of the things i was kind of looking at was where did these directors go from the movies i picked from this lab because like you're clearly like this is your career this is your dream i would assume if you're going through the lab then you get a film made then it plays at sundance let alone this one even wins an award here uh but jeremiah zagger directed the movie hustle in 2022 with adam sandler oh yes yes that's actually a pretty good one that's one of Sandler's best recently, I would say. I remember people comparing it pretty favorably with like uncut gems and like, oh, it's a performance he's giving, not just like him doing shtick. Yes. Uh, kind of thing. Yes. So, um, and that was just a year ago. So, Zagger, I would guess at this point, he's either got a documentary he's producing or something else in the works, but interesting to see where their careers are going. Absolutely. Do you have another honorable mention, Mike? Yes. So, the next one that um, I have picked in. You, you've now made me want to check if this director has done something else. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, just because, you know, he's actually, I think when he directed this, he was a little older in life. Okay. So it says he has upcoming things. Uh, but this was uh, created in the Sundance Lab. Uh, and this is called Patty Cakes. And it's spelled, S is spelled with a money sign. Yeah. Uh, so this is... Um, you could argue this kind of follows that Sundance formula just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, an outcast who realizes that, uh, you know, she has a talent, but her 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 mom, you know, doesn't think that music is worth the 
<laughs> is worth pursuing. But um, she, uh, you know, she's a aspiring rapper and, uh, you know, she makes friends with this guy who uh, works at like the local convenience store who becomes her producer. Um, this one, I, you know, I was really charmed by uh, it played at the uh, Cleveland Film Festival a couple years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, it a really like winning performance from i think at the time this uh she's like australian actress i think this this might have been her uh film debut she uh she did a movie like maybe a year or two later with uh i think dolly parton or something had was involved with called dumplin <laughs> that oh was yeah based on the book yes yeah yeah i do remember that one um but uh this one uh was uh i thought you know sometimes I have like this, I try to like be this like crystal ball, like, or, uh, you know, prognosticator that like, you know, I predict this will do well in yeah. the, when it comes out and boy, sometimes <laughs> I am so wrong. Uh, but this one, you know, it, I think it said it was made for like, you know, 1.5 and it made like 1.6 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. One, it was made for 1.4 and made 1.5. So uh, not much of a profit. And I know uh, Fox Searchlight at the time bought it for quite a bit of money. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I guess sometimes, you know, you have to throw different things at the dartboard and see what sticks. But uh, <laughs> this one uh, was certainly uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I haven't, I've, probably haven't revisited since uh, I saw it, um, you know, several years ago mm -hmm. at the festival, but uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Hustle and Flow uh, from yeah. uh, Greg Brewer, Yeah, which uh, maybe that, arguably that one is, is better, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, just because of how, how great the performances and the music was in that movie. But yeah, uh, there are certain parts of this movie that really, um, you know, sore. And I think, it, you know, it gives you that like Sundancey type of feel good movie. Um, even though if it's like expletive filled, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, but yeah, certainly, uh, one that kind of always sticks out in my head. And I was, I was delighted when I saw that it was a Sundance lab, uh, uh alumni. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember like hustle. I think hustle and flow is the right one. I remember being like, "Oh, it's the female eight mile." Was like some other more <laughs> yeah. dismissive ways to say it, just because it's a female, you know, lead rapper here instead of uh, instead of a dude. But even I don't think it'd be a spoiler. But like the way hustle and flow, like it ends with like, "Oh my god, our song's in the radio," or like you know, it gets yes. out there to the world. It's beyond just like your friends. There's similar moments in Patty Cakes where you're just like, "Yeah, like you're celebrating." It's like I don't, I don't. I mean, this is only a few years old. It was twenty what like. 17 17 yeah. um but like i don't know what the analog for that is just a few years later like you're on soundcloud and you get a million listens like i don't like <laughs> yeah. radio doesn't really mean what yeah. radio used to mean <laughs> yeah um, at that point in time but um yeah i remember liking this one a lot and it was hard to get people to like go see it <laughs> like yeah yeah just add it to the yeah the, there's like so many things that like they like knock it out of the park at Sundance, but then once they're released, yeah, it's like ghosts, you know, uh, you know, the dust <laughs> wasteland in the in the uh, theaters, and I think it just goes to, I don't know, what I think might sell maybe doesn't sell, so that maybe that's why I'm not a studio 
<laughs> uh, I don't think you do any worse than anybody else is doing. They're like, I think you'd probably do a, a damn sight better probably in the long run. <laughs> yeah. But also if you were the one closing the deals, I'm reading here for $9.5 million for this movie. I don't know. It's one of those like the bidding wars that you hear about coming out of Sundance. I'm sure that are happening right now as we're recording this. We are like, yes. that movie's never going to make that much that much money what are you doing but like yes. it's in the moment and you're like well i have this much money and i'm from this studio and this is the hot movie right now and you have all the hopes in the world for it yeah what's your other uh my last honorable mention is actually my earliest one i'm going all the way back all the way back to 1999 this one is called uh the wood which stars uh omar yes. epps richard t jones and tay diggs a favorite I th oh i just mentioned that him last episode too with way of the gun actually <laughs> written and directed by rick uh famuyiwa i probably mispronouncing his last name i remember see i saw this one in the theater and it came out the same year that american pie came out and okay. i remember trying to convince friends of mine that like if you liked american pie you should go see the wood and it's a little bit of a different structure to it. You have Tay Diggs, uh, Richard T. Jones, and Omar Epps. Actually, in this one, Omar Epps like talks right to the camera. like He's kind of your narrator, your guide through the whole movie. So yes. you have the present-day 1999 set parts where um, Tay Diggs is about to get married, and it's like, I got cold feet. You know, that that <laughs> that story, which is a little bit of a trope, but it kicks off like their reminiscence as they're like going to get the groom. And like, no, dude, this is a good step. Like, grow up. She's perfect. You guys are great. You know, that that kind of thing. Um, but what that does is it triggers a lot of flashbacks. So it's parallel stories of them becoming friends in, I think it's like 1980, actually, uh, or like early 80s. Um, and then them functionally being friends as adults. And you see, it just gives you a better arc, I think, because you're seeing them becoming friends yeah. as kids and what they're going through. And it's there's very, you know, frank sexual situations, very similar to American Pie, which is, I think, why it was on my mind where not like leaning into the gross out stuff as much like nobody, you know, nobody fucks a pie in this one, but <laughs> um, it, it, it gets that like youthful camaraderie and how like you do bond because you're going through all these formative experiences together at a very specific time in life. But then you get to see them grown up as like, Hey, they're still friends. They're still there for each other. Like, you know, like that, what that really means. And it gives it a better, I don't know, an overall better narrative arc, a little bittersweet tone to me than, yeah. um, than uh, American pie did. Uh, especially if you like, 80s like especially early 80s like kind of um you know hip-hop uh and dance music like it's a pretty it's a it's a good retro soundtrack to it um but then also as like kind of the 90s equivalent is they're all like playing that song from their high school dance at their wedding and you know yes, uh, yeah. that sort of thing so i don't know it was it may be making it sound a little too saccharine i, I don't think it is but it's 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 oh, earned no. it's earned you know no i yeah i i remember um uh, i remember this was a a rental i remember i think uh back in the day mm -hmm. uh and yeah no there, there's there's like a good vibe with it 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 kind of moves quickly and, yeah uh, just the the uh, chemistry between the cast is like off the charts oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh hangout vibes honestly it could have been yes. one of our hangout episodes like you're just kind of <laughs> hanging out with these with these this crew and seeing what's going on and yeah uh absolutely absolutely great i did want to know too he um I'll just say Rick as if I know him. Um <laughs> go on to have um he's still got a career going. Uh he's doing great. He did um the movie Dope a couple years ago, which is really oh, good. Yes. Speaking of now he's moved into the that was all nineties, I think, right? Yes. I think yeah. so he has his eighties like, nostalgia like one. One kid had like a kid in play type. Yeah, the of... flat top, like yes. yeah. <laughs> um and then he's worked, uh, of course, he's he's been uh absorbed into the yeah. uh Marvel universe. I think he directed some uh Ashoka, I, 
Oh yes, uh, that or Mandalorian or something. I don't know. He's in the yeah, uh, kind of alternating within um the TV world. Uh, oh, talk to me with Don Cheadle. That one's fantastic. Oh um, yeah, the uh, the DJ one. I think this is a bullet dodged in insofar as his career goes right now. Almost directed that Flash movie. Oh. Or maybe it would be a completely different movie, and it, we, people would be like, "Oh shit, DC, they got yeah, their, their yeah, act together." Yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah, but uh, yeah, keep it out for him. He's doing uh, a lot of a lot of interesting. Oh, Mandalorian, that was some of the ones he did too. So okay. he's in he's in the Disney streaming universe now. So uh, hey, good job get getting those, a payday, man. Get those DGA go. dollars. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, well, what's your pick, uh, Mike? What was your actual selection for Sundance Lab alum? So uh, this one uh, was birthed in the, I, I believe, in the writer's lab. And then it took a couple years for him to get it made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's probably arguably, you know, I mean, right now, uh, one of the probably, probably one of the most successful filmmakers working at the moment. Uh, you know, he's got to be at least in the top 15 or 20. Uh, but it's uh, James Mangold. Oh. And uh, he... Uh, his film that was birthed in the Sundance lab, but oddly enough, I think I found did not play at Sundance, but it's Copland from 1997. In the city of New York, a crime is committed every eight seconds. But just across the river lies a quiet town called Garrison, New Jersey where New York's finest return home. The hero cop, unwilling to trust the system, jumps from the George Washington Bridge. Today, he is laid to rest here in the cemetery at Garrison, New Jersey. So what brings you to our fair city? I heard it was a way of life out here. Thought I'd check it out for myself. Where are we, uh, like the Amish now? It's a place where the sheriff wears the badge, but the cops own the town. My jurisdiction ends at the George Washington Bridge. But half the men I watch live beyond that bridge. When no one's watching, I'm watching. Thank you, the sheriff of Copland. He always dreamed of becoming one of them. I'd like you to meet Sheriff Freddie Heffler. Freddie's a hell of a guy. Well, you should call me. But now, he has uncovered something that could force him to choose between protecting his idols and upholding the law. Babbage isn't dead, you know it, and I know it. Do you have any idea how connected he is? It's over. The case is closed. You butt head with these friends of ours? You're gonna come at them head on? I offered you a chance to be a cop, and you blew it! Being right is not a bulletproof vest, Freddy! What are you gonna do, Sheriff? You're gonna arrest the whole town? Everybody's watching you, Freddy. Sylvester Stallone, Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, and Robert De Niro. Copland. Uh, this movie has an insanely stacked cast. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, Ray Liotta, Harvey Keitel. Gosh, uh, you got Peter, you know, Janine Garofalo, uh, who she was like, she almost was in like, seemed like every movie in the late 90s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I kind of, I don't, I, I hope she's still acting. Uh, I, I think, she, I'm sure she is, but, uh, you know, Edie Falco, uh, you know, I mean, just so many, Robert Patrick. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people uh, who've played cops before. Yes. They're like almost exclusively. Uh, yes. But, you know, this is basically, you know, uh, Stallone plays this sheriff um, 
he he did pack on the pounds for this particular role uh so like he i think he gained like it's like 30 or 40 pounds just for this movie uh you know you don't see that as much now because i think they can de-age people or de uh de-weight people <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah he he plays a sheriff you know of a small town and uh you know slowly starts to reveal that all this corruption is happening with um with some of these cops and there are this is kind of the movie that for a little bit there you know and i think even after this but like Stallone was kind of in somewhat of a, a maybe a career crossroads i i would say uh because you know he had like a huge flop with a couple things like judge dread and you know i i think like you know at that point the rocky series was kind of considered dead and oh yeah yeah so was the rambo films and you know oddly enough then he went on to make a couple more uh not too long after this right uh, but i think this really showed uh kind of the potential that that stallone showed in the first rocky movie where you know he with the right script with the right director he can actually deliver much like you know as you just mentioned adam sandler and hustle you know hustle um yeah and uncut gems you know with the right combination um he can be good and this movie uh has some like there's this that one scene that's kind of played probably in like all the trailers for this movie you know but him and de niro having kind of like this toe to toe where he's like, I gave you a chance to be a cop and you blew it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a certain uh, moodiness to it that mm -hmm. I think really works. And uh, Mangold, I think really has, you know, he's sometimes, he probably can be considered like a meat and potatoes kind of guy, you know, after making uh Ford V Ferrari, uh, which was called like the ultimate dad movie. By, <laughs> by certain sex. Um, but I, I happen to think that was a damn good movie. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, you know, he's done like so many different unique original films. Now he, of course, just did the, uh, the latest, uh, Indiana Jones, which for some oh, people, that's was, right. Was like, for some people was, was entertaining enough for some people was Disney, Disneyation of, <laughs> you know, making yeah. it kind of some trying to make something hot again which you know maybe should just been left alone but it got the taste of crystal skull out of my mouth and i was really happy about that so <laughs> there's yes, that yes uh but uh but no i think uh he just shows that he has a real gift for ensemble pieces i think actually um yeah a girl interrupted for example and uh I mean, Logan, I haven't seen actually, but I know people really, really dug oh, Logan. Oh, man. Logan yeah. is, is fantastic. I mean, it's just so dark. Yeah. And uh, and I say that dark in like the best ways. You know, it's just uh, yeah. he took a genre that, you know, sometimes people now think comic book movies are just too goofy and made it realistic. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, this one, um, I every now, I think I, you know, I visited like, you know, at least once a year because it's just a good showcase for all these different actors and especially um stallone and i i remember that particular year uh was one of the last years that siskel and ebert were a pair but i i remember them really uh trying to push for uh stallone to be 
recognized by the academy he wasn't but uh you know he really gives this you know nuanced uh performance that sometimes he probably gets criticized for not doing enough of yeah <laughs> well it's also when you're seeing like you know rocky and rambo there and he's getting pushed around and bullied yes it's an acting feat alone that stallone makes that seem believable yes to be happening as well like he has just like this like defeated schlub vibe which i don't know physically yeah <laughs> that that requires some 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 good physical acting from him because he you know isn't <laughs> right <laughs> right uh so yeah that's my pick <laughs> nice was that and that was an original um james mangold story script as well right yes okay yes. yeah it wasn't like adapting anything and yeah meat potatoes is a good way to describe him i kind of think of him as like that journeyman guy that you could just you attach him to your project and it's going to get made at least at a three-star level yes um but that one being something that he was actually like clearly really invested in and like you said still coming off of like that arrow guy was like assassin's daylight yes. i think like yes. it was he wasn't like the stallone of like the rocky and the whole 80s and all that yep. and you know it's a uh i don't know kind of a nice like fuck you movie that stallone made he's like no look i still got this <laughs> yeah and now he's just announced that he's they're doing cliffhanger too so it's just like i don't like i'm kind of on board with that to be honest that was a i'm I'm gonna see it (laughs) i mean i'm there opening day but i also said the same thing about expendables 4 and i still haven't seen it so (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny uh what what was your uh what was your end uh pick ended up being oh so mine is gonna go back to 2009 and could easily have been on our forgotten films of the 2000s list uh previous episode uh in fact as i was going through the decades for that episode i didn't even run across this movie i don't know i don't know why like i was just going through letterbox a couple of evenings just like click year year by year page by page and this one should have popped up you're going to be uh very happy because it's one more episode i think now two in a row where we get to sing the praises of paul giamani yes uh it is 2009's cold souls Take a break, Paul. I have this throb in my stomach. I have a pain in my chest like somebody put my heart in a vice and just tightened it. Things have been pretty strange around here recently. I feel stuck. Is your soul weighing you down? I wasn't quite sure about the services provided. We only offer the possibility to de-soul the body or disembody the soul. Believe me, when you get rid of the soul, everything makes so much more sense. Good luck. How are you feeling? Well, maybe lighter. Yeah, slight. Light. The first few days were fine. Are you sick? No, just the usual stuff. Now, I've been sick as a dog. I can't make love to my wife. You smell different, feel different. I, I can't feel a thing, nothing. I can't feel anything. I just want my soul back. This has never happened before. We probably shipped it to our New Jersey warehouse. Oh, God. How did we get to this point? This is a serious business. Soul trafficking. You know where it is. Your soul is in Russia. What? From director uh, Sophie uh, Barthes. Barthes? Barthes? Uh, I don't know. I can't pronounce anybody's last name today. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> born in France, raised in South America in the Middle East, moved to New York in 2001 to attend Columbia University School of the Arts and went into the Sundance lab with this 
quirky idea for Paul Giamatti plays Paul Giamatti. (laughs) (laughs) He's married to Emily Watson, who is Claire Giamatti. And as far as I know, not his actual wife. And he's in a production of Uncle Vanya um, on stage. um, And he's not feeling it. Like he's kind of just this soul's not like it feels off he's kind of saying he doesn't he's kind of off he can't quite figure it out so he goes to a doctor dr uh flintstein i don't know it's pretty close to frankenstein uh <laughs> uh flintstein flintstein maybe uh played by david strathairn who needs to be acting on on camera a lot more in my opinion and the idea is you can remove the soul from the body and put it in cold storage and that way it will free him up of the burden of like ex- existential dread and blah 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 or whatever if it sounds familiar, it does have a being John Malkovich vibe. Sure, so that's sure. a few years earlier. But at the same time, like it's a cool idea. And it's Paul Giamatti being, you know, a fictional version of himself, being effortlessly interesting and charming and nuanced and having a few freak out moments. But uh, of course, then uh, it kicks into gear because then his soul gets lost when he wants to put it back in. Yes. And it, it wrestles with all these really interesting ideas that would come up in that type of a um that type of a premise, I think. And it's, I don't know. It, I laughed out loud watching it a few times. There's like a, you know, like that laugh out loud chuckle, like, oh, oh, that's so good, uh, or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's definitely more of a Charlie Kaufman esque, uh, you know, type of comedy. Yes. Versus like an Adam Sandler slapstick one, you know, or something like that. But it, I, it kind of just feels forgotten now. But like it's, it was developed through the Sundance Lab, uh, came out, it got decent ish reviews. But I think it was kind of dismissed as um, I think it was just kind of dismissed a little bit as like, oh, it's a, like a Charlie Kaufman style movie. Like, yeah, like and it's great. Or yeah. <laughs> and it's really great. Um, you know, decent on Rotten Tomatoes and everything else. But like I said, yeah, kind of a little little dismissive. I thought time to uh, time to resurrect that. And I loved the part I was reading. I love the part I was reading an interview with the director, Sophie, on how she came up with the idea for this one. And it was like uh, it was a dream she had. And yeah. she just kind of like workshopped it and was like, she couldn't shake it. She's like, this is an interesting idea. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, let's have some more people like developing their wild dreams into, uh, into feature films, uh, or even short films too, I guess for that matter. But the, so what I said, so he, he, he's, he puts his soul into cold, cold storage, hoping it's going to improve his acting, uh, you know, in this uncle Vanya production and then it gets lost. And then they, he ends up in Russia at some point because somebody in Russia had bought his soul that was mistakenly labeled or they thought was Al Pacino. Um, so there's even references, even in the trailer to like, um, you know, how was Al Pacino's soul or whatever. And so you get Paul Giamatti, like belligerently trying to track down his soul. Like, come on, that's, that's a great, great premise for, for, uh, you know, a dark satire, I think. Um, people oh did not think God. so in the theater. It was not, not at all a hit, uh, to say the least. It's, it's blowing my mind because this is totally a forgotten movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have fit much been better. So good for last last week. episode, but uh, and once I saw it, I was like, "Oh, we just did a Paul Giamatti movie." But I was like, "No, no, no, that's totally fine." They're standalone challenges. Sometimes you'll have overlap. It's okay. Yes, um, and he's just great. Like, if you like Paul Giamatti, and he's having uh, hopefully uh, a, a great awards season, right? I already know he's having a great awards season. He's getting Golden Globes, and he's hanging out at Shake Shack or wherever, eating <laughs> in an outburger, <laughs> in an outburger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hanging out with people. It seems like it's a uh, Giamatti Assange-ish happening right yes. now. Uh, you know, throw throw uh, Cold Souls on. It's on Canopy. It's on Tubi. Uh, buy the disc. I don't know. It's it's accessible with a yes. with a click right now. So oh man, no, I um, do. Rem- I remember seeing this in the theater, but I haven't seen probably haven't seen it since. So it's been it's time. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Sophie uh, Barth Barths Barthay. Uh, it's French American, so I don't. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, she. I think she has an interesting light touch of sci-fi to uh her work she's got another feature well this does not count she, her, her follow-up to that was an adaptation of madame bovary in 2014 um but she's done some short films uh one called happiness where it's like what if happiness came in a box or you know whatever so it was like there's a little twist to it then uh appropriately enough uh sophie had a film play at the 2023 sundance film festival with amelia clark and chiwetel elogifor called the pod generation that has another little like a sci-fi element to it ah. within a romantic comedy that kind of gives you the nugget to like really explore uh the human condition i guess yeah uh, as you would call yeah. it here so um i like her hook that one actually uh, i was i was looking up box office last year when it came out thirty one thousand dollars so Damn. i hope she connects with audiences at some point because yes. um, i think she, it's <laughs> definitely deserved yeah definitely deserved but so our official watch challenge picks for Sundance Lab alumni are Copland from 1997 and Cold Souls from 2009. Mike, what challenge do we have in front of us for next time? So Oscar nominations are upon us. And uh, so I thought it might be cool to look at um, certain directors who have never, never been nominated. Never nominated directors. Got it. Uh, well, in the meantime, if you'd like to suggest a topic or genre you would like covered on a future show, hit us up on Instagram at Watch Challenge Podcast. Uh, you can also send us an email. Uh, look at all the links in the show notes. You can get a hold of us uh, pretty easily. Until next time, folks, rate and review the show in whatever podcast app you're using, and we'll see you with the next challenge. <laughs>